KCSB FM, Santa Barbara 91.9. This is Inside Isla Vista. I'm Rosie Boltman with KCSB News. This is the show that shares what's happening in and around Isla Vista and the UC Santa Barbara community. On tonight's show, we cover the Isla Vista housing crisis. Supervisor Joan Hartman used to represent Isla Vista and recently wrote an op-ed blaming the university for the region's housing crisis. Tonight, we go over the university's role in the housing crisis they say has left students living in crowded conditions and even in their cars. Supervisor Hartman's chief of staff, Gina Fisher, also joins us for the conversation. Welcome, Supervisor Hartman and Gina. Can you start off by painting a picture of the housing situation in Isla Vista right now? In Isla Vista and other dense areas where immigrants and other community members live, what we see are many people packing into um, multiple people in a bedroom, people converting, you know, common use spaces as bedrooms um, just to stretch their dollar to be able to be housed. And so we know that lots of people um, certainly experienced this in Isla Vista. Yes. And, and the housing stock is much of it old and moldy and not in good shape. We don't want to displace the people who are already living there. And we've been waiting and waiting for the university to follow through on its housing commitments. So then once students moved on campus, like they've done at UCLA, which now houses all of its undergraduates on campus, UCSB could do that. And and if they would at least do what they said they would do, then we could improve the housing stock for the people who are living there. There wouldn't be such a, a, a terrible crush. UCSB created this long-range development plan to make housing for its students more affordable and more accessible. Can you talk about what this plan outlined and how the university failed to meet its promises? Did it meet any of the promises detailed in this plan? So it's a 15-year plan that was from 2010 to 2025, during which time the university projected it would grow by 5,000 students. And so the plan was how to accommodate that the growth associated with admitting 5,000 new students. And so there was traffic and congestion. That was one piece of it. But the piece that we're focused on today is housing for students. And they were to build as they grew. And they've already reached the 5,000 before 2025. So they should have been building housing for those 5,000 students. They did build... 3,500 units, right, Gina? No. 1,500. <laughs> and they're 3,500 shy. Sorry to invert those. That's 3,500 more students bouncing around in Isla Vista, Goleta, and Santa Barbara trying to find housing and competing with each other, but also competing with, you know, nurses and teachers and others who are trying to rent apartments as well. What's really important to us right now, because the county is in the process of responding to the state's demand that we build over 4,000 new units in unincorporated county, South County, is the 1,800 faculty and staff units that they were to build. And they've only built about 150. And that 
is really crushing because one reason we have to build those 4,000 plus units in unincorporated South County is because of the crowding and rent burden that those houses weren't built in the past. And so that's leading to conditions that were described in Isla Vista, doubling up, living in, in garages and common rooms and not really space to design for living. And so that goes into the state's calculation, their formula for how many homes we have to build units. And so 4,000 plus, well, 1,800 is almost 40% of that. Um, so the, the new requirements for the county as a whole, UCSB in their own faculty staff housing could have and should be account, you know, following up and building those units. They have agreed now that the we're almost to 2025 to build 730 new units, but that's still well short of the 1800. Moreover, the university is going to be growing more in the future. Our housing element that is our plan for meeting what the state's demanding of us gives us to 2031. So UCSB is promising to build what they should have been building before 2025 by 2031. Let me add just the legislature demands that the UC campuses grow. And so they put in place development plans, many campuses with their surrounding counties and cities, because as enrollment increases, that increases demand on services, on water, on sewer, on traffic. And so that's what drives these development plans. And UCSB, and we sympathize to the extent that they will say the legislature made us grow at a faster rate because they were supposed to build and complete this housing either by 2025 or by the time they reached 25,000 enrollment. Well, we believe and have evidence that they have exceeded that enrollment. And they go many quarters every year where they have over 26,000 students enrolled. The plan allows for them to take a three quarter average because enrollment declines every quarter. Um, up to 10% from fall to spring quarter. But even if you take that and you sympathize with the university that they had to grow faster than they thought, the reality is they still have only opened 1,500 of their required 5,000 student housing units. So they're not even, it's not even a matter that they're 80% to their goal and they just have the last bit to get there. They are so far under their goal and they have completely abandoned the approved plan in the LRDP of how to build that. And we think are just trying to hang their hat on this very controversial Munger property to solve their housing problem. And they're not upfront about how they're going to remedy their deficit in a timely manner. And so there's the faculty and staff component to that Supervisor Hartman just explained. And again, they're so far behind their goal. This is so urgent. And and I'll I'll piggyback on that in that this plan was in 2010 a focus of broad community interest and ultimately support. And so it went to the Coastal Commission 
with the environmental impact report already done and was certified. So it, 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 and it spread the housing out across the, the campus and across university-owned land in a way that made a lot of sense. And so to come with the Munger project and have to start the whole process again and concentrating all that development in one rather environmentally sensitive area um, that's going to require a huge amount of investment in infrastructure to serve just didn't make a lot of sense to us. So I actually have two follow-up questions, but the first is I'm assuming that as people are listening to this, hearing how the UC has completely failed to meet these obligations that the state has sent out to them, I'm assuming a lot of people are wondering, how does the UC even get away with this? Are there mechanisms for enforcement to prevent universities from falling this short of their goals? Is there any sort of accountability to the UC when they say we're going to build this many more housing units? Well, uh, the university had an agreement, has an agreement, a contract, basically, with the city of Goleta and the county of Santa Barbara. So we've all, it's not just the long range development plan, but it was embodied in an agreement. And we're now engaged in a process to enforce that agreement because we believe there has been a vile, they're a breach. They haven't complied. Rosie, it's a brilliant question because essentially it's up to the individual campuses whether or not they're going to meet their obligations. And this UC Regents and the state legislature thus far seems completely unwilling to intervene when their campuses get this far out of compliance. And, and it comes at a very real local cost. And I think it's crazy what they're letting some campuses get away with. And uh, Supervisor Hartman mentioned UCLA. UCLA went in the opposite direction. They have the smallest campus footprint geography, the fewest amount of acres. And this past fall, they actually opened enough on-campus student housing to offer every single undergrad that started their career at UCLA this past fall will be offered the right to on-campus housing all four years. So it can be done. So Councilmember Hartman, you mentioned that there are things that the county is doing to try to move forward with enforcement because the UC is not in compliance with their promise. Can you go into that a little bit more? What's circulating in the county <laughs> policymaking room? Well, um, the city of Goleta filed a lawsuit uh, over a year ago. The county was very slow to do that. We were engaged in discussions with the university trying to reach some kind of settlement that we could agree to. And settlement discussions are, are confidential, so I can't really get into any details. But what I can say is that we want housing. <laughs> we want them to build the housing. And we want a schedule for them to build a housing. And we want... Uh, you know, incentives that that really force them to do it. So 
we weren't getting very far in our settlement discussions. And so the county joined the city of Goleta and also filed a lawsuit. So those lawsuits are, are both uh, out there. And um, so we're still in discussions with the university, but now there's a judge overseeing those discussions to see whether, uh, you know, we, we have to go to trial or can we actually resolve this uh, in some other fashion, which of course we want to do. And let me be clear, uh, we believe in education and higher education and the value that UCSB brings to our entire region. And there's no question that we want more students to have the opportunity to come. And we believe they can, but it's irresponsible of the university to put their own students in this financial crunch and anxiety, trying to figure out how they're going to pay the rent, how they're going to live. It, it, it really is unconscionable in my view, that students are living in cars and couch surfing. This is a demanding university with some of the top students from throughout the world and certainly our country. And to put them in this kind of bind while they're trying to do their coursework in these tremendously demanding uh, curriculum, it, it's just setting people up to fail. It's, it's, again, it's unconscionable. Building on this topic of homeless students, so the housing crisis in Isla Vista has left some students homeless. What does this look like for them? I know you kind of went into it already. And furthermore, have there been any proposals to help these students? Has there been negotiations with the UC, whether that's simply pushing the UC to build more housing through negotiations with Chancellor Yang or other policy proposals to help the homeless students in Isla Vista? Let me just say that Joan can talk about the emergency ordinance. We just passed the Board of Supervisors as a whole, but those questions are best for Supervisor Laura Capps, who's more on the ground and represents the area. So when it was our district, though, and data suggests this has continued, students are couch surfing, but increasingly they're living in their cars and even buying cars that they could live in to try to have both transportation and living quarters in one, uh, one monthly payment. The county has a program, Safe Parking, for its residents where we identify parking lots and bring people in and offer them services to get them connected to whatever is preventing them from getting housing. We believe that the university should have something similar for its own students and use one of their own parking lots. I don't think that it's the county's responsibility to provide safe parking and housing for the university's students. That really is something that it's been foisted off on the entire community and the university needs to stand up and take responsibility. This is Inside Isla Vista. I'm Rosie Boltman with KCSB News, speaking with Santa Barbara County Supervisor Joan Hartman, who recently wrote an editorial blaming UC Santa Barbara for the Isla Vista area's housing crisis. Gina Fisher, Hartman's chief of staff, is here as well. So you've mentioned multiple times, you know, you're not serving Isla Vista anymore, but you did for very many years. And as 
far as I know, when you did represent Isla Vista, you spoke probably multiple times with Chancellor Yang about this housing crisis. Can you tell me a little bit more about what those conversations looked like? What does the UC argue is preventing them from building more housing? Are they inclined to build any more housing that isn't this Munger Hall that's super controversial? At some point, you know, Mr. Munger emerged with a substantial gift. And I think that they just didn't want to turn it away, that that's a lot of money, even though it doesn't cover the cost of the Munger project, they didn't want to turn that money away. And um, so that they just said, well, well, it'll work out. It'll, you know, this will come together and we'll get the housing at the end. But the thing is, they're not operating on any timeline that would indicate they have a sense of urgency in solving the problem. I think the highest administrators at UCSB just think, well, this will work itself out, whether it's through the Munger project or whatever. Yeah. And, and my view, um, maybe a little different, what I would emphasize from Gina, and that is that housing pays for itself and you can get developers to come in and build the housing and you can get the rent. And, and so I'm not sure how that fits within the university's debt calculations. I I believe it's more a bandwidth issue that the university has been building state-of-the-art research facilities, and, and we applaud that, but they've done it at the expense of having all their personnel focused on those rather than the fundamentals of student, faculty, and staff housing. So my impression is that it was just how much how, how how much of our staff and time are we going to dedicate to one as opposed to the other no question it's a premier research university a top university in the world and you don't want to uh, let the facilities get old and stale they need to be state of the art but you can't ignore your students either. You you must do both at the same time. You have to walk and chew gum together. I want to go back to this parking lot solution. Obviously, having students living in their in their cars is not ideal. But given the the current circumstances and the fact that you mentioned the UC is dedicating all of its building resources to building new research facilities. Did the UC respond positively to the proposal of a parking lot? What happened when that came up? I can just, I'll tell you, and you can use this as a background or whatever, but the legislature actually would introduce bills to require the, um, community colleges, the CSU and the UC to do this exact, to implement programs, to have safe parking on campus, to make showers and other facilities available to homeless students. And UCSB never, and the UCs as a whole, never embraced that. And I think they ended up being carved out of those legislative bills because they said, look, we have different pots of money available, like unlike the CSUs and unlike the um, community college system, 
you know, we have student relief. We do have housing on campus. There are other things we can offer students um, so that they don't have to live in their cars in the parking lot. I think the problem with UCSB is they've had moments of such acute housing problems that they actually simply ran out of bed space to be able to offer their students. And I think we saw this most glaringly last a year ago. And I don't were you how long have you been on campus, Rosie? I'm only first year. First year, because you look like oh. you're in dorm. So uh, last year, they had a number of students, like 100 or so students, it housed in motels across the county, across the South Coast, which was very detrimental to their experience. And it turns out, and this has never been verified to us directly, so this is secondhand, it was, yes, they have this housing crunch, and that's how tight things are on this campus, but San Nicolas dorms had a severe elevator failure. And so they couldn't populate that building until it took months and months and months to fix that elevator to make it ADA and safety compliant. And so that's how tight they this particular campus is on the margins. And they, they, they triple to an extreme. They triple way further than they, they agreed with a different group called Sustainable Universities Now. And so maybe other campuses you know, they have 20 students living in a cars, for example, are able to say, hey, we have 20 beds here and there and we can put you in. UCSB is so far on the margins of running out of space that something as trivial as an elevator failure, you know, sends students into hotels in the community and sends more into their cars. I do believe that showers are available on campus to, to students who are living in their cars. But we were pushing to use a university parking lot and get it staffed. And that met with staunch resistance. So that pushes them out onto county streets. Building on students being left homeless, it's not only students that are living in university housing or who are not provided university housing who find themselves housing insecure or homeless. Um, recent reporting shows that hundreds, if not thousands, of people in Isla Vista are going to be evicted this month. Do you know anything about this? I know it's not your district anymore, but you can probably speculate what the impact will be on the community on the university, on students' ability to perform? Well, the rent eviction uh, did come to the board and we passed an urgency ordinance giving the, the most protections we legally can as a general law county, um, which are uh, way inadequate. But the, the Chicago developer is really able to come in here and exploit the shortage of student housing. And, and we've seen a, a, about a thousand people are going to be displaced by this developer. And uh, many of them are Latino families. And this has been something we've seen in Isla Vista now for decades. The lack of student housing on campus puts students out competing with low-income people of color trying to, who've been here, whose jobs, whose schools, whose families, whose entirely community connections are based here. And we talked about the vacancy rate in 
in South County, there's no alternatives. There's no place for them to go. This sort of ties into my last question. Students in Isla Vista, this issue pertains very heavily for us. And maybe after hearing the injustices detailed in this episode or just through other sources of information, students might want to do something about this. What would you say to a UCSB student that wanted to make a difference in this housing crisis in Isla Vista? I would say focus on the chancellor and the regents and and the state. Uh, legislature to encourage, uh, incentivize more housing. UCLA is a model. Uh, and as Gina said, they're the most extreme, higher uh, higher costs probably than Isla Vista in the surrounding area for housing, small uh, footprint, and they're doing it. So it's not, you, you know, we, we have a pathway. They've done it and they're a premier research university just like UCSB. Yeah, I would say organize, organize, organize. Um, students, grad students have to join with undergraduate students. There's a reason why the grad students at UC Santa Barbara were one of only two cohorts of grad students who didn't sign the most recent agreement on a cost of living adjustment. And it's because housing was not addressed in it. They were striking right before the pandemic struck along with UC Santa Cruz students. They really started the COLA movement among grad students in the UC, and it was all predicated on the skyrocketing cost of housing here on the South Coast and and the lack of, and it was like news to a lot of them that, by the way, UCSB is totally out of compliance, that they are supposed to build housing for their grad students and undergrads and faculty and staff. And so um, students really need to organize and organize with their faculty. There's one entity, really two entities that the chancellor listens to. The Academic Senate at UC Santa Barbara, who started a subcommittee to look into this, particularly Munger Hall, and he's had to take their recommendations into factor, and the regents. And thus far, the regents have been really reluctant to intervene um, on the campus operations to say, you must do this and you must do this in a timely manner. And so, and I would add a third entity that is listened to, the students. I mean, the university and the regents care about what the students are saying and thinking. And, and so if you did organize, 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 you could have tremendous influence. Yeah, at the end of the day, we are the ones paying their bills. So, well, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate this conversation that you had with me. Um, so much valuable information. And Rosie, right. I, I can't believe you're just a first year, but yeah. you're, you're a shining example of, you know, the wonderful quality of students that UCSB attracts oh and gosh. why they should take good care of you once you arrive. Thank yeah. you so much. That means and I'll so say what, once upon a time, one of one of the staffers on this call used to do news at KCSB. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> Thank you, Rosie. That was Santa Barbara County Supervisor Joan Hartman and her chief of staff, Gina Fisher, speaking about why they say the university is to blame for the Isla Vista area housing crisis. You've been listening to Inside Isla Vista. 
Thanks for tuning in Wednesdays at 5 p.m. to find out what's happening in and around Isla Vista. I'm Rosie Boltman. Our theme music is Siesta by Jawser. This is 91.9 FM KCSB.